The Choose Love movement offers no-cost solutions that keep our kids safe, providing them with the skills and tools they need to flourish. Join us in our mission to create the world we want to live in, one that's connected and compassionate. Check us out at chooselovemovement.org. Together, we can choose love. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Choose Love podcast. My name's Scarlett Lewis. I'm the founder, and I'm with somebody very special today, Jenna Monitz, who is the Education Program Development Director of at the HeartMath Institute. Did I say that right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a that's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I, I work in the education arm of of the HeartMath Institute. That's right. Yep. Okay, and you are a former educator. I am an educator. Oh, I'm an educator, okay. and I'm from Connecticut. Yes, oh, wow. I'm I'm, a, I'm an educator of close to thirty years, and um, started off boys and girls club type thing, and then I became a teacher in the Peace Corps in a couple of countries abroad. And um, it just became my calling. It just was what I've always been drawn to, what I've always loved to do is work with young people and the adults, the communities around young people. Yes, the kids and the big kids, I call them, right? That's right, right. that is right. (laughs) Uh, So amazing that you're here. Amazing that you're here from HeartMath. I have a, a little surprise for you. We really haven't talked, but I was involved with HeartMath, you know, in my, in the beginning, Following Jesse's murder, I was looking around at everything that mm. I thought would make a difference. And of course, heart math came up. And so Deborah, the president, actually sent me a device, which I have right here, which I've been using this morning. And I think maybe I'm excited about this. And so I haven't gotten to coherence this morning, but... I I see a nice green light right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. Yes, yes. And, you know, and we're going to talk about what this device is, really how every single person on the planet should have one, because it's really important. And that's why I want to introduce HeartMath to all of our audience and get them on board, because... Uh, we're going to delve into the science behind heart math and why it works not just for kids but for big kids too, and uh, and that's why I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. And the Heart Math Institute is a nonprofit organization, and you know our mission is truly to uplift and you know harmonize global coherence, which we also measure, as you know. So I'm excited to get into the science too, but we could not agree with you more that every person should know themselves, should be, should have the self-awareness to know what's going on internally. Without that awareness, you can't manage it. So yes, the devices certainly help, especially initially, right? especially initially when, and especially for adults, because we've developed these patterns and we get into this place where in adulthood, which I think is why I really love working with young people because young people are still so open. They're mm. still so honest about their emotions and their feelings. Mm. In adulthood, we're a little bit less honest about our emotions. We tend to be anyway. What do you mean? I feel great. 
what do you mean? That's right, right? I mean, I, 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 I talk about that question all the time. Like, we should stop asking that question. How are you feeling? How are you doing? It's too loaded. It's too big. I heard someone say recently, how do I feel about what? You know, like, get specific about how do I feel about, about what? Um, and yes, you know what's oftentimes. Interesting? Uh, the teachers wouldn't ask JT that question when he went back, my older son, because they uh, didn't want an answer yes. where he would say, not yes. well, because yes. then they didn't think that they had the skills and tools to manage that. So isn't that interesting? Sometimes we don't ask that question. And, you know, I think the takeaway for us is that we ask it twice because people don't think that you mean it. It's more of a, hey, there. How you doing? Formality, I'm right. good. Um, right. You don't necessarily care, but if you ask it again, no, really, Jenna, right. how are you doing this morning? You go, wow, okay, she actually wants to know, and I might tell her or I might not, but I know that she cares, which is a big deal these days. It's a big deal, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, even in my working with you know young people, obviously we can't fix all of their problems or heal their pain but we certainly can hear it we certainly can be a space to allow it and i found in my own experience working with many many young people that just exactly what you said just inviting that space to let a young person know i'm asking you the question not as a formality but because i really care non-judgmentally in a space where i'm neutral and can just let you be. To me, I think that can diffuse some of, of the charge of, of the painful emotions, just because there's, a, there's someone cares. Someone's validated it. You know, someone's not saying, shake it off. You'll be okay. With time, things heal. You know, just listening. If we could just listen, right? Or ignores it, right? Oh. Because we wear our feelings on our sleeves. You know when I'm not feeling well. I'm not smiling. I'm misbehaving. I'm telling you through my actions. And if you ignore that, that's probably worse than being just disciplined for it. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, we just did this cool experiment with some some kids that I was working with, the rice experiment. I don't know if you've heard of it. Of course we've heard All right. of it. All right. Okay. Photo. That's right. Water. That's exactly right. So, so we emulated. How did it go? I can't wait to hear. To your point, Scarlett, in many of the cases, right, the children would set up three different jars of rice. The jar of rice that was their experimental, their intervention, where they sent, you know, what we would call coherent or renewing emotions, love emotions, and nine times out of 10, those jars of rice thrived. They did better. They had more resilience. They persisted. They were, it was alive longer. The jars that um, some children chose to send feelings like, I don't like you. You're not my friend. Of course, corroded, rotted. But it was the jar that was ignored that did the worst. It was the jar of rice that got no attention, no focus that spoiled the quickest. Now, if that doesn't tell us a little something about what happens to children when they are ignored. Yes, yes, and you know what? The problem is here, this thing right here. It's, I see it every day 
when I go out, parents being addicted to their screen and, and literally through their actions, telling their kids that they, that the phone is more important, whatever is on the phone. I always think, what, what could they be listening to when they're telling their kids who want their attention and for good reason, go away, go away. I'm busy. It's like, oh my God. So, so how can heart math help? Because wow. today, like, that's a loaded question, but let's, let's think about where we are today with that scenario going on, with what we know, um, with, uh, with what we know about the deleterious effects of being ignored, of being uh, pushed aside, of the anxiety that is happening, the fear that is being fed to us through algorithms because our brain is a big purchaser of fear. It's a, there's a focus on fear in our brain. Um, the stress that everyone talks about, the overwhelm from uh, from the first time ever, I think, like having front row tickets to the worst of humanity on our cell phones and being pumped with information. And our brains haven't caught up to keeping track of the, the potential wars, the actual wars, the body counts um, all over the world. And so in this kind of era, and I've heard unprecedented use so many times where we have increasing violence, increasing mental illness, substance abuse, those diseases of despair. Uh, and by the way, no one's figured this out, right? I mean, let's face it, we're here and the numbers are increasing, not decreasing. Um, I do believe there are pockets of people that have figured it out. They just haven't gotten the attention that they deserve. And I believe that heart math is one of those. How can heart math help us in this time? Help, help our kids and help us. Thank you. And you're so right. It is so complex, right? We have all of these distractions and even social media that we adults are addicted to and the children are addicted to is set up to be a tool to connect us but is it truly connecting us is it truly getting to what we know and yes can measure is the importance of the simplicity of human connection and so you know in in the language of heart math when we talk about coherence and we can talk more about the science of coherence but Ultimately, what we're talking about is the simple idea of connection. We are wired to be connected. Mm -hmm. Humans are social creatures. We are not meant to be isolated, right? The worst thing that you can do to a baby animal, if you, if you, if you, want, if you want to kill a baby cub, you leave them out in the wilderness on its own. Mm -hmm. Conversely, and to your point, and even after your tragedy, and which is all of our tragedy mm -hmm. and the tragedy that you know we live through in parkland florida not too long ago a few years ago mm -hmm. what we saw in likely both instances was this opportunity afterwards for young people to connect to come together to feel like they had a reason to connect with one another and 
to be altruistic, to do something for the world that was important to them. For the first time in my case in, in Parkland, I saw lots of young people feel like this is really truly important to me. I'm not alone. My voice matters. My contribution matters. And I have a whole team of people that are working with me now. In a lot of ways that post-traumatic growth I think in a lot of ways gave life to students. For the first time, many students were excited to go to school because they had something meaningful and purposeful to work toward, to fight toward. I think sometimes we overlook the power of pain to connect and to, to help us heal. I mean, pain is a very powerful connector, but it's also a very powerful motivator. It can destroy you if you don't know how to manage it in your body. And it can also help you grow and strengthen you. And that is called post-traumatic growth. And uh, that's that's the foundation of the Choose Love movement and what we teach, that's that right. pain has a purpose and it's there to help you grow. And we are designed to grow through difficulty. It gets us out of our comfort zone into our growth zone. And we've seen that time and again after tragedies. And I yes. certainly have seen that in my own life. Uh, yes. And it's pretty amazing. And I didn't know that it existed. It's amazing. Sandy Hook. And so, and it's, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's such a positive. And why do we wait for the tragedy to reach that point of connection? In, in, in the, the language of the HeartMath Institute, we talk a lot about from chaos to coherence. And that I think is that space that you're talking about, how pain can turn into something positive. Now, it doesn't always have to start from pain, right? It could be from grace to growth. It doesn't always have to come from a place of pain. Unfortunately, because of the times we're in, you know, we, we wait to get to this place and, and then we're, we're putting all of these tools into action afterwards, in the aftermath. But again, this really, and the science of the HeartMath Institute truly is about connection. Now, when we talk about the connection that you were measuring with the heart rate variability device, and I think you had one of these guys, one of these doohickeys, we have, we have a few different ones. This yeah. is measuring the connection between your heart and your brain. Why? Because the heart forms first in a fetus and begins beating before this brain even begins developing. Not only that, your heart is a neurological network on its own. It is a brain unto itself. It has short-term memory, it has long-term memory. Wow. So the more that you can resonate with really the frequency of an emotion of love, of courage, the emotions that you talk about in, in your curriculum, of courage, of gratitude, of forgiveness. These are all what we would call renewing emotions. Why? Because they energize your, your system, your physiological system. Mm. The more that you resonate in emotions like courage, forgiveness, patience, um, gratitude, the easier it is for this brain to remember how to get back to it, right? Because you're, you're able to fire and wire those memories more quickly. So you're able to, to do what we call set a new baseline of less depletion. What's depletion? Anger, frustration, worry, nerves, anxiety, rage. All of these emotions deplete your energetic system, deplete your body, your physiological system. 
this brain does as well as this one is doing. So it makes sense that it's difficult to figure out like a math problem when you're stressed out, right? Mm -hmm. It also makes sense, unfortunately, that when a child is isolated mm -hmm. and ignored and not fed, really fed the emotions of love, that child, that person feels a sense of disconnection. And when you're disconnected, that's when the trouble happens. Mm. So with the HeartMath Institute, the first place of connection that we work with is the personal level of connection, the connection between the heart and the brain. Why? Because we're able to think more clearly. We're able to have better social interactions. You're able to take that pause to go, wait a second, let me take a courageous pause. And in that moment, you're regulating your nervous system. If you can take the pause and do right as a, as a suggestion, what we call heart focused breathing, which literally is taking your focus off of the cell phone, off of the past, off of the future mm -hmm. and placing your focus on your heart. Why? Because where you place your focus is where you place your energy. Mm -hmm. And when you're focused on your heart, you're energizing your heart and your heart is always going to be a source of connection, not separation. The mind will play tricks to separate us, right? The heart will always find ways to connect us. So even in the worst of tragedies and travesties, your heart will find a way to bring you from that chaos to coherence, from that pain to positive purpose. Every time it will. It's the intelligence of the heart that we talk about. And, and that's the fun research and science into intuition. So, but it starts first with that personal level of, of regulation. I guess you're saying that it always will, but sometimes it doesn't. How I mean, so? sometimes, sometimes the heart can't get the brain in sync and then we have mental illness. We could have suicide. We could have violence. And I thought it was really interesting. I did a little research and we, we know that the heart and the brain and the gut all mm -hmm. have brain cells and they right. all communicate. The heart sends the brain nine times more messages than the brain sends the heart. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not only that, but the heart has an electromagnetic field that extends six feet outside of our body. So in other words, when we're in the presence of someone that has coherence, and we're gonna talk more about what coherence is, how heart rate variability goes into that term, but they can actually help another person come into coherence themselves. That's right. Because heartbeats sync up. That's right. Right, which is so incredible. I mean, it's it's amazing. We can actually measure the energetic field outside of the brain one inch. Outside of your heart, we can measure, you said six feet, typically we say three feet, okay. but that's only because of the limitation of the device. The energetics of the heart are non-local. They have no limit. So that's why if you have a family member that lives far away, let's say, and you think about this family member and they happen to call, there may be some, what we, what we would argue is there's some, there is science behind that. We're all connected. And so, you know, we started talking about the personal levels of coherence and that's between, you know, that is your autonomic nervous system, your nervous system. 
but we also are, are deep into the social science of social coherence, which is exactly what you're talking about. We're all connected. Mm -hmm. So as a person in a room or on Zoom, your energetic field is going to impact the people around you. They're going to impact the people that you touch. So does that mean that a teacher could stand in front of a room filled with 25 kids and actually have, if she walks in with coherence, that means, and let's go into really what that means between the brain and the mind and the body, that means that she could positively influence her entire class. That's exactly right. That so as that's you, huge. That's huge. As you said, between the communication of the heart and the brain, the heart's doing 80 to 90% of the talking is coming from the heart in the form of afferent or affluent waves moving upward. That's why this brain functions as well as this brain is doing. And as a teacher in a classroom or a principal in a school or a parent in a home, your resonant frequency, your energetics, of course, they're going to impact the rest of the household. You're the adult, you're setting the tone. And we can measure that connectivity. That, that is our science of, of social coherence. And so if I am a teacher, that is back to your question that we started with. And I'm nervous. I'm stressed out. I'm, you know, we've, we, I'm anxious. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overworked. I'm, I'm feeling all of these feelings internally. I'm masking it well. I'm fine. Right. When I'm asked, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Can you because fake I just got, it? Can you fake I, it? That's exactly it. That's why I, that's why when we started off talking about adults are complicated because adults fake it. We've gotten so good at faking it that we don't even know how we're truly feeling. Most of it is subconscious. By the age of 35 years old, 95% of what we do is subconscious. It's based on habit. It's based on our prior patterns and memory. Habit and memory, right? Yeah. But you can't fake it. Your heart isn't fake. But your heart can't fake it. And that's exactly what our science reads. You can smile and say, I'm fine. But if your heart is feeling anxious, if your heart is, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling um, resentful toward a student or a human, toward your boss, toward your colleagues, that is actually what your bio feed is giving off. So the mind thinks, right? One of our teachers would say the mind thinks, but the heart knows and the heart's not going to lie. That is so interesting. The so heart won't fake it. If I'm a student and I'm acting up in your class and, and I have been all year and I've been disruptive, you uh, resent me, but you are trying to be nice and smile and do the best you can, but your heart is sending off different signals to the kid and the kid knows the kid you heart, truly the kid's heart is syncing up with that other heart i mean this sounds like this is amazing that we can have this conversation because i've always believed this but there are those that would say that's ridiculous that's woo woo that's that energy stuff but you're saying no this is science and we measure it 30 plus years of empirical science that we measure personal coherence and as our lead scientist, Roland McCready, would say, we pretty much have our stake in the ground with regard to personal coherence. We work with medical fields. We work with the military. We work with veterans. We work with athletes. We work with performers. We, we've, we've been working with lots of fields for 30 years now. Education is one of our most recent fields. No news to you. No news to me. Why? But yes, kids can act, absolutely sense and feel what, you know, the, these are... These are, it, it's, well, you know, right? If you, if you walk into a room 
you can tell if you know people have been having a good time or if people have been arguing right what's our saying you could cut the the tension with a knife these are things that we intuitively know yeah and now this science actually gives it credence actually proves what we've always kind of known as and you know what, what our lead scientists would say your grandma's knowledge you know we don't say you know um ask we go to our heart for so many reasons you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll say i i i mean this with all of my heart you don't say i mean this with all of my gut i mean this with all of my mind yeah. you mean it with all of your heart a lot of this is intuitive but yes this science actually allows us to measure what's always been there you just can't see it with the naked eye but our perception is so small and limited just because we can't see all of um you know the electromagnetic spectrum doesn't mean that it doesn't exist we can't see all light but it doesn't mean that it's not ex in existence and, and that's exactly what we measure is the biofeed of the pattern of the heart which is heart rate variability not to be confused with your heart rate we're not talking about how many times it beats per minute we're talking about its overall pattern its rhythm you can think of it sometimes when i talk to kids i you can think of it almost as the music that your heart is playing mm. because it is in a lot of ways a harmony so either your heart is playing music that is chaotic chaos or is more harmonious and when we talk about harmony in terms of physics we're talking about systems working together efficiently effectively without losing a lot of energy working like they would in nature you don't see nature like you don't see a flower wasting a lot of energy right there the petals are wrapped in such a way that allows for every petal to receive the the the, the optimal amount of sunlight if a tree in a forest gets sick the rest of the trees will pour nutrients underground to feed that sick tree so that it does well as well we're all connected mm -hmm. and if a teacher can't get to that place where they're able to take a moment and gratitude actually is the emotion that we offer most often because it's it's the emotion that no matter what's going on hopefully we can find something to be grateful for and we'll shift your biology, we'll shift your physiology into a place of more regulation. From that place, you're not in a reactive state. You're able to make better choices. And if you choose compassion for that child that has been disruptive all year long and have the capacity to find out more and to, to bring, and don't get me wrong, I'm an educator too. When there are 35 children in a class and they're all wanting and asking and needing attention and seeking attention in ways often that, you know, are, are not optimal. Certainly it can, you know, it can wear in our system. But also by doing these practices, and we're not talking long-term practices, we're talking about practicing, getting yourself right, firing and wiring that memory of coherence, appreciation, appreciation. Your body literally will remember what it feels like to be in that state and crave it. It will crave it because it feels better. It feels better than anxiety. And with repetition and practice, the idea is that after a certain amount of time, you, you look up and you go, wait a second, I haven't felt that anger in a long time. I haven't, I haven't had an argument with my mom in a long time. I haven't had that frustration in a long time. Well, the same is true for an adult. 
But if we're not aware of where our emotions are and most, I, many of us adults are, don't have the capacity to get to the point where we can feel those emotions anymore because we've stuffed those emotions down for so long that to even entertain them in our student might touch on our own emotions. What's needed is to build the capacity, that window of tolerance. And it's a, it's a literal window of tolerance, right? For emotions, whether they're high or low. And by doing these practices consistently, we see that you can build, adult or child, your window of capacity for what? For life stressors. You can feel the highs and you can feel the lows more than you could before. Right now, a lot of us are working in a really tight, um, restricted window and variability, heart rate variability means adaptability. It means flexibility, the flexibility of the heart mm. to be able to feel big emotions, mm. no matter what. Good and, and bad, because if you don't, feel, bad. if you don't feel the the tough, painful emotions, you can't feel the joy and the awe and the wonder either. And so you want that flexibility to feel both. That's right. And there are no bad emotions, right? Emotions are here to inform us of something. Just and with, with it, it's data. And with increased emotional intelligence, you're aware that, oh, there's that feeling of anger again. There's that rage. There's that judgment. Because typically it's not even the big, big emotions that we're not aware of. We know when we're, you know, feeling rage. That's going to show up. It's typically the underlying, low-lying emotions that aren't even on our radar anymore, the judgment, the, the low-key anxiousness that aren't even on our radar, that tick away at our nervous system, that tick away at our overall physiology, that tick away at our overall energy level. You can't do anything about it until you're aware. That awareness part, I, I think, is, is the most challenging, especially for adults, because our, like you said, that cell phone is always here. We've got all these things to distract us. Too much going on. Externally. Too much going on. Too you much to do. You have to pause in order to be self-aware, to figure out that what is. you're feeling. It, it requires a pause, and it requires you to get curious. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you talk about heart rate variability. I think most people just think your heart beats at different rates. If you're nervous your heart rate goes up yeah, or in pain. And if you're relaxing, your heart rate goes down. But heart rate variability is actually the pause in between beats. And I always remember Wayne Dyer would say uh, for music, because you brought music into this, it's mm -hmm. the silence in between the notes that mm -hmm. actually creates the music. And so you can also think of your heart rate variability like this as well that pause in between heartbeats is what leads to or away from coherence, which is when your heart, mind, and emotions are working together and aligned. They're working together. They're in alignment. And I love that. And, and you're exactly right. Many people think that your heart is supposed to beat steadily like a metronome. It's not. In fact, the more variability you have, the different spacing between those beats. Again, the more adaptability you have, the more flexibility you have. So you're not in this rigid, restricted window of emotions. I'm fine. <laughs> you're able to feel the joy, the awe, like kids do. 
you're able to feel the pain. And the more you're aware in those moments, the more you're able to use emotional intelligence to make choices. Okay, I'm feeling angry again. Do I want to feel angry right now? How long do I want to stay in this place? If you're not aware of it, then you know there's nothing you can do about it. Once you're aware, you have choices that you can make. You can you choose. Have to, somebody has to tell you you have a choice, which is another thing that Choose Love teaches, the power of choice and that it is our choice. We work in prisons. They never knew they had a choice. And how would they if nobody's teaching them? And then how to manage your emotions pause yeah. so that you can make that choice. <laughs> so how many kids? Yeah. Right? You're how many adults them. even? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. How many adults even do you know that say, well, sh sh I'm angry because she made me angry. He did this. Right. The, other, the other political party did this. Right. The world did this. It's because of external reasons that I'm feeling this way. This takes the empowerment back to the person to realize, wait a second, I am the one who generates my emotions. You are in control. You I am the one who that that political party or that person or something outside yourself made you, you and own you've, it. You've given your power to something external. Right. And so to me, this is the most beautiful thing that we can tell children for a lot of reasons. But yes, for, for the first, most important is your power is your own and, and your emotions are so, you mentioned this, they can, they, can, they can absolutely heal and they can absolutely destroy. And we know that even physiologically, if, if anxiety becomes chronic, if these depleting emotions become chronic after a decade, after two decades, you're going to see something show up physiologically in your health. Well, the reverse is true too. So if for every reason from biological, right, your, your, your physical health to the more coherent I am, the clearer I think we work with first responders. They've got to walk into a burning building and be clear-minded, regulated, and make quick decisions, quick optimal decisions in split seconds. We work with doctors for the same reason. We work with performers. We work with teams. Now think about your classrooms. We work with athletic teams that, to your point, when they do these techniques together, they get into more synchronization. They're almost communicating, if you will, on a level that, I mean, you can see it when it shows up in a soccer team or a basketball team. You'll say something like, wow, they're really just moving in sync. They're really coordinated. They're really a cohesive, coherent team. Well, there's science behind that. And so, yes, as an educator, as a parent, as the adult in a space where young people are looking to you and up to you, the most powerful thing that you can do for them is to take care of yourself, mm. is to regulate yourself. If a child walks into a room and they are totally dysregulated, the worst thing you can do is meet them at that energy. Mm -hmm. The best thing that you can do is to get yourself coherent first whether or not they know it, and we have research to prove this, whether or not they know it, that child will be impacted by your level of coherence and the level of coherence within the rest of the room. The rest of the room is in sync. I'm talking about students. And in a more coherent place, it is going to impact that student that walks in dysregulated. And the reverse is true as well. Wow. That is huge. Huge. There's so many reasons to become coherent 
with your heart and mind and emotions. There is enhanced well-being and performance, cognition, sleep. You are better able to relax and recover. You have a greater resilience. You're more flexible. You're more adaptable to changing conditions, uh, which is incredible. And then on the reverse, if your heart rate variability is low, you are you can feel tired and depressed. You can't adapt. You have more health issues. You have a greater risk of death. Yes, it is. It is a predictor. It is a predictor of all cause death. Doctors will use HRV when a patient comes into an emergency room to see basically uh, whether or not they can withstand surgery, whether or not they're going to make it ultimately. It, in a lot of ways, is our energy level. The heart works like a springboard. It works like, you know, when I talk to kids, I say it's like the engine of the system. So whatever rhythm, and it is a rhythm, whatever rhythm the heart is giving off is going to entrain the rest of your organs. Your brain will then follow suit. So if it is giving off chaos, anxiety, anxiousness, that we can measure it. And when we measure it, it looks a lot like this, just like static in a cell phone. It's just like when you're on a telephone or you're watching television and you don't get clear communication. It's incoherent. You can't make out the message versus a nice, smooth, what we call nice, smooth, rolling hills. These are the, that, that information, 90% of that information traveling from the heart to the brain. That is what coherent information looks like. Your brain can actually hear the information coming from your heart. So it's hugely important. Line and just this beautiful, consistent up and down. Incoherence, coherence. Reactive brain, thinking brain. Reactive brain, thinking brain, controlled mostly by your emotional state. We know when we talk about the domains of resilience, it's important, of course, that your mental health, that you're feeding your, your brain good information, right? your physiological health, that you're sleeping enough, that you're exercising, that you're what we would call, you know, that you've got your, your, your heart qualities, your values. So that could be something like, to me, it's really important that I'm honest. You know, things may have not gone my way, but honesty is important to me. I lived by my values. It's in alignment. But the biggest factor in the amount of resilience that we have is our emotional state. Our emotions, I when I talk to kids, I say, your emotions are your superpowers. Think about Star Wars, like Darth Vader and, and Luke. Your emotions are your superpowers to heal and create mm. or to destroy. Mm. So yes, for all of those reasons that you mentioned from physiological to what we know and call intuition, Right. The hypothesis of the HeartMath Institute is that every person, every living being on this earth feeds the global field. We, every single person impacts the energetic fields, the geomagnetic fields. These are the energy fields around the earth. And so if nothing else, for a young person to know just by being here, my thoughts and my emotions and the biofeed that that gives off is important to the well-being of the entire globe. That tells a child, you were born important. Mm -hmm. You matter. Mm. 
no matter what messages the world is sending you, no matter how many likes you get on social media, you've got one of these and you've got one of these. You've got a heart, you've got a brain, and they are doing things. They are impacting things. Think about that rice experiment. Where is that coming from? Our consciousness really is something that is now more and more increasingly measurably important. And this is the science that we do by way of our social science now. We have folks set up, you know, we have folks across the globe that are participating, whether by way of our global coherence app, um, our new random event generators that truly really measure the biofeed of communities. We have magnetometers set up across the globe, these huge magnetometers that really help to measure the coherence or the lack thereof globally. So, we, you know, we're conducting this research, not for the sake of science to see how does this turn out, we're conducting this research because we know that the health of the well-being of the earth is dependent upon, of course, is dependent upon the well-being of the people that inhabit it, mm -hmm. the life that inhabits this earth. We are each so individually important and every single child needs to know how important they are, right? Absolutely. Because I heard you say in one in your panel conversation recently that had that child been loved and had tools and been that attention, that love that he didn't get, he probably, he couldn't have, he couldn't have committed that atrocity that he did. And the same thing goes for the, the young man that committed the atrocity in our community in Parkland and probably the rest of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And what a courageous stance for you to choose healing. There are lots of choices you could have made. There are lots of choices that other parents made. You chose to get active about addressing the root cause of not an isolated problem anymore. Because I think we all sat back and went, okay, after what happened in your community, this has got to, this, now we have to make a change to, to the laws. There's got to, this is, has to be what changes the laws. And here we are, <laughs> here we are years later, looking back and it's almost a weekly event. I will say that and it has changed the laws. You know, Biden, President Biden has made 21 executive orders. I was on the White House lawn with him when he passed the most expansive safety law in, in, in existence that we ever have had. And so I think, you know, for me, I feel like, okay, we have the laws. Now we have to work on the root cause because laws are not going to work on getting rid of pain and anger and rage that are causing all of this violence. We actually have to do the hard work, which is addressing the root cause. That's and it. so that's why you won't hear me calling for more laws, because I feel like we have a lot of laws, um, some which we don't uphold that, you know, for instance, could have prevented the tragedy in the recent tragedy in Lewiston, Maine. Uh, so I think we need to uphold the laws that we have in place, but then we need to work on focusing on the root cause of the That's pain it. that is actually causing this. And I, I believe that heart math does that. And can we get into how heart math can help? How does it work? Um, so, you know, we have these devices 
Mm-hmm. How, how will they help me with my heart rate variability, getting it into coherence so that I can start reflecting this to other people in my home, in my classrooms, in my community and the world. And look, you're still on green. That's pretty impressive. Are you still like that? <laughs> I know, it's just me being next to it. Yeah, yes, that's beautiful. Thank you, yes. And, and it's, it's important to know that the device doesn't do anything per se, right? The, the device is, is, is a measurement. It's like a mirror. So when you're wearing the device, whether you are, um, you know, do, doing it through what you're using right now, an M-Wave and, and clip to anywhere that you can get a pulse, clip to your ear or um, your fingertip, you know, or um, you can even in our Global Coherence app do this free and measure your HRV and your fingertip. It's really just showing up as a mirror of the biofeed, what your heart is saying, the level of coherence or variability in your heart rate. So by watching it real time, you're able to gauge, I may say I'm fine, but the device is going to tell you exactly what the rhythm of your heart is saying. So real time, I mean, a couple seconds, you know, delayed, you're able to see, wow, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place of incoherence, right? It's showing up as red. That makes sense because I'm thinking about the test that I have to take. I'm nervous or I'm thinking about that conversation I have to have with my boss or my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes sense. So now you're aware, okay, the biofeed is showing me that I'm I'm actually in a state of incoherence. Mm -hmm. Now I can shift that. Now I can move that. So if I'm a young person, for a lot of young people where anxious feelings are more and more prevalent, more and more normal, Mm -hmm. more and more mainstream, uh, for a lot of kids, for example, walking into a crowded room, brings them, you know, a sense of nervousness. Walking into a cafeteria can make them Loud nervous. Loud noises. Loud noises. Walking into, you know, of course, and, and, and post-trauma, right? Um, you're able to see, okay, this, what, 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 I'm, what I'm feeling right now lines up with what the biofeed is telling me. I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm worried. Now I can shift that. And similar to your techniques, now I'm gonna take a pause. So everything that we do starts with heart-focused breathing. And it literally takes 60 seconds. It takes 60 seconds, Scarlett. I'm focusing my attention, because a lot of this is, has to do with where your attention is placed. Mm-hmm. I'm not focusing my attention on the external world. On all the of problems. the On the problems. Focusing my attention on my heart, mm. right? And, for, and for, for kids who are getting used to these activities, we, we, we talk to them about their heart being like their, their, their friend your best friend, really, Mm. or you can seek the best advice, your wise heart. So focusing your attention on your heart and then imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area. It's remembering to breathe. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when we're nervous, we tend to hold our breath or breathe more restrictedly. So focusing on yourself, focusing on your heart, remembering to breathe at a pace that feels comfortable for you, that alone helps to regulate your system. You can see it. You can see when a child or a classroom gets into a space of focusing on themselves, taking some nice, easeful breaths. You can almost feel the shift in the room. From there, you're able to choose the emotional state you want to be in. 
if the situation calls for a choice of ease or calm, walking into a, a cafeteria or a crowded room, or I just heard a loud sound and it reminds me of, of that thing, then I get to go, okay, that was, that's, that was, that's not where I am right now. I get to choose. Now I need to feel ease. I need to feel comfort. I need to feel courage. You get to choose the emotion that you want to feel. Appreciation is a great one to come to first because if you wake up, you've got something to be grateful for. That's exactly right. And so your thoughts can impact your heart rate variability. It is the interplay of your thoughts and your emotions because your thought is going to is going to be matched by an emotion and then your emotion is going to be matched by a thought that's that feedback loop your brain and your heart do this communication thing where they're leveling up so if you're thinking about the next thing that we would we would invite our children or our adults to do is now think about some place that makes you feel that feeling you want to feel so if it's calm that i want to feel maybe it's a place in nature Maybe it is for a lot of our students and adults, it's your pet. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your pet mm -hmm. that makes you feel comfort, that makes you feel ease. Mm -hmm. But if you're about to play in a sport, right? Say you have, say you have a basketball game coming up. Say you have a, a, a lacrosse game coming up and you're nervous about that and you need to feel motivation. Maybe it's a different emotion you need to choose. From there, you're able to choose, but of course, you know, right now, anxiousness tends to be, um, you know, an, an emotion that many of us are feeling. It's become, we've, we're overwhelmed, we're overworked, we have so many things to do. The time, the clock is always ticking. We're all, you know, all of these things in the past or in the future. It's when you're so, not choosing. It's when, when you're, you're not choosing. It doesn't you're kind of in, it. you're in default. You're not even aware of what you're feeling. So that's and also, can, so incoherence is the... Uh, distraction it's it's the sympathetic nervous system when you're incoherent you're in freeze fight or flight you're in your fear center and you're not connected to your prefrontal cortex where logic and reasoning reside now if you get into coherence you have access to your prefrontal cortex that's where you make choices we that's talk right. about our choice moment model which is the space where you pause and get curious that gives your prefrontal cortex time to come online so you're not just reacting from habit or memory you're Sorry. actually thoughtfully responding we say you can make a heroic choice and then use the formula which is courage forgiveness or compassion but we're saying the exact same thing we're saying the exact same thing your prefrontal cortex is is what makes us human it's our place of yes decisions and, and choices also creativity also our place of coming up with solutions that we may not have thought of before. This is our human place of creativity. This is what makes us so special as humans. And if we can't access it because we're hijacked into a place of fight or flight, you know, one of our teachers would say, it's just like having your foot on the gas pedal and the brakes at the same time, you're burning energy. Mm -hmm. You're burning energy because the communication between the, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system are not in alignment. Now your sympathetic nervous system can be kicked into gear. We need it. It's not like the sympathetic nervous system is the bad guy. It's what gets you up a, a, a flight of stairs when you need to, it's, 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 it's what's, you know, waking us up in the morning. It's what allows us to go hiking. You can be, you can have a high heart rate running, for example, hiking and still be very coherent. And that leads back again to, ah, 
your emotional state is really what is driving the level of coherence or not, not how winded you are. We work with athletes, we work with athletic athletes for that reason. So it really comes back to your emotional state and finding that choice point to use your formula to access the creative spaces. One of, one of our, our first technique actually of the HeartMath Institute is called freeze frame, very close to your formula where you are tapping into your tuition. So heart-focused breathing, focusing on your heart, finding that renewing emotion, and then asking for a creative solution, an idea, a new way to figure out this problem, or just a creative solution to something new that you're creating, creativity, where you're able to tap into an intelligence that is what we would consider our higher intelligence. Yeah, this is, this is our connection with our, our, our heart and something greater Not than ours. here, but here too. You got That's them right. both working together. You got them working together. They're saying the same thing. They're not contradicting them, themselves. They're not saying, I'm fine, when inside, they're not fine. Yeah. If they're not fine, you know, you, you address it, you look at it, you get it into a place of coherence. And then it's almost like getting, I, I often think of it as, as, as getting into a ready stance, getting into a ready state. Okay. Only when you're coherent, regulated, another way to say that is, is regulated, are you ready to learn? You can't learn if you're not regulated. Your brain is hijacked. You're in fight or flight. You're in, you know, you're, you're in survival mode. You're not in a space to create. You're not in a space to come up with new solutions and answers. You're, you're protecting yourself. You're in survival. So the more you're able to practice getting into coherence, not only the better does everything get, and I often say the better it gets, the better it gets but the better we are at thinking the better we are at communicating at connecting the better we are at our creative solutions our creativity hmm. so it just gets better and better and better it's not like okay i'm doing okay now now i stop no i mean this is the work of um we work with athletes and performance you know performers for a reason this is this is the work of getting yourself to show up as your best self your best whatever your passion and your purpose is if i'm in if i'm a, a if i'm a musician if i'm a, a if i'm an, an actor if i am a writer if i whatever i do i'm going to become better at it some of the kids are some of the kids it's funny because some of the kids we ask them what what's important to you video games okay <laughs> Try, yeah another conversation right right why heart focused breathing while you are playing your video game and see if it makes an impact on your play and Ooh, absolutely does on your That's performance very very cool and you know lower heart rate variability is a sign of aging that's right but you can change that around but you have to focus on it you have to practice in order to do that you have to get to that place of self-awareness so important to have the sympathetic, but also the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest and recover. That's recover. the only time that our cells heal. Um, right. So incredible. So, so how could this, you know, we're kind of wrapping up here, Jenna, and this has been so incredible. How could this look in a classroom? Since a lot of who is listening are educators, administrators, and parents, how could this look in a classroom? It can look like a lot of things, Scarlett. It's, you know, it's not a one size fits all kind of program off the shelf, which I love because we, we really do fit in well with the model that you're already using, even yours. Mm -hmm. Heart focused breathing is, is, you know, a tech, that technique that we just did together, focusing on your heart 
and remembering to breathe, regulating your system, that's a life skill, you know? That, so that's something that you can do any day, any time, anywhere. And that's what we tell kids. You don't have to have your eyes closed. This really, the more that you practice it, the less you have to practice it, if that makes sense. You go from thinking about it to practicing it to just becoming it. You set a new baseline for yourself that you just become more coherent in your daily life. It becomes a new lifestyle for you, if you will. Mm -hmm. So teachers can, you know, we've got classrooms that practice heart-focused breathing or our other techniques um, to start the day, midway through the day, to end the day. Um, of course, we have curriculum for different ages. We, we just released our brand new curriculum for upper elementary wise heart. Super cool, super cute. Mm -hmm. um, my nieces love it. Um, and of course, we've got technology that can be used in, in different settings. And, and what I would recommend too, because to your point, if we help children to get regulated, but we continue to send them back into the spaces where the nervousness, the anxiousness is provoked in the first place, mm -hmm. then um, it, I, to me, it begs the question, well, well, what do we adults do? In other words, um, this is something for everyone. I think one of the best things and biggest things that school systems can do is to practice this, these techniques, technology or not, curriculum or not, but to practice these techniques for our own well-being, right? Put the oxygen masks on ourselves mm -hmm. first. So because we literally measurably are impacting the rest of the room. That's amazing. And you said you had a free app. Do you have a free app where you can touch with your fingertip that can measure the variability? That's amazing. It's, what is that? It's app the called? coolest thing. It's called the Global Coherence app. Okay. And all of our resources can be found on heartmath.org. We have tons of, of free resources. Um, again, we're a nonprofit organization. We 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 have a bigger mission than you know, we've got to keep the lights on, but our mission is bigger than um, a profit for sure. Um, free app, global coherence, lots of free resources. We have a free hour long course. We're working on courses for educators now, tons of curriculum for kids, super affordable. Um, you know, we're, again, we're, we're not looking to make a lot of money. I think our, our, our classroom course for, for 30 students is under $100. I've never seen curriculum that affordable. Amazing. Um, and we've got this huge winter sale happening right now that knocks 30% off of everything. Super accessible. We want, we want for our tools and techniques to be accessible to anyone, no matter where you are. And you can reach out to us at, at children at heartmath.org. If you have any questions or need anything or want to chat more about how you can start to incorporate the techniques or the technology, how well they align with anything that you're already doing. You don't have to replace or supplant anything that you're already doing. What you will see is that the heart math techniques and technology are a beautiful supplement that augments what you're already doing. And, and in some ways, I think helps to show the efficacy of what you're already doing. Is it working? Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be a perfect complement to the Choose Love movement I do too. programming in it's all and the Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jenna, for joining us. I've learned so much from you today and we will continue to work together in the future to bring this to more people. Wonderful. Scarlett, thank you for inviting us. And more importantly, thank you for what you're doing in this world to make this world a better place. Thank you, Jenna. Beautiful inspiration. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, 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 oh. It's all part of us. 
we can all choose love It'll lift you up If you let it in Let the healing